Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about my mental health intensive and retreat Oasis. Oasis is an amazing place for you to heal, grow, restore, and connect. It's a place for you to dive into your deep childhood trauma or the current things that are hurting your heart and to find out in real time, this is not hyperbole, real time how God responds to your brokenness. Visit the link in our show notes and join us at Oasis. We're going to be in Charleston this year. It's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see you guys in December. Bye y'all. Welcome to the Healing Circle podcast, where we talk about everything mental health, faith, and relationships. Though this show is hosted by a licensed therapist, that's me, Kobe, I am not your therapist. These amazing conversations are meant to provide psychoeducation and start some good conversation, but they're not meant to be a substitute for real therapy services. We're excited to learn, grow, and talk with you guys. So let's jump into today's episode. I'm Kobe. And I'm Kyle. And welcome back to the Healing Circle podcast. We are so, you know, you've been doing that pretty much every single time. And I'm genuinely surprised every time you do it. Like, I'm like, why is he doing this Oscar (laughs) proud sound again? Okay. Oh, one of, someone DM'd me and was like, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name of it. It's not Stomp the Yard. Oh gosh, not that stupid. Oh my movie gosh, with how did Omarion. I forget the name? It's not stupid. It is it's not stupid. stupid. Don't be rude. Let's not do this. Oh my phone. Talking about a little saint? Yes. A D rated movie from the nineties. You got served. Oh my god. You got served. Okay. They said I should let you know that you should do it for a little saint. So you guys Disgusting. Hate speech. We'll talk about that on the next it's podcast. It's a great, you know, you're right. We're going to leave it alone. It's a great movie anyways. So guys, before we get started, I have to talk about Oasis. So Oasis Retreat is a mental health intensive and retreat for women who want to tend to their mental health and their spiritual health by a trauma therapist, me, and a seminarian, me, <laughs> but it honestly it's i don't even have the words sometimes it it is like such a beautiful powerful supernatural experience sorry guys you ever seen the meme where like uh this is either gonna be a good joke or a bad joke (laughs) but this meme where it's like the difference between a white house and the black house and the white house is like this like clean beautiful house and the black house is also a clean beautiful house exact same house the only difference is you can hear the uh the fire uh, the fire alarm, alarm like the battery alarm battery ding. Alarm. Yeah, that's us. We are black, is and us. ours is going off right now. So if you hear little dinging noises, know that it's not you; it's us. I did lower body today, and if I get up on that ladder, I'm gonna die. And we don't want that, so we're just gonna have to deal with the dinging this time until God blesses us with a podcast studio. So, anyways, Oasis is—it's everything. It really is everything. It is a powerful, powerful, powerful experience. It's a way to get away from all your daily responsibilities. Go to the beautiful city of Charleston, stay in a luxury beach home. And when I say luxury, I'm not just talking about like, oh, this is a cute beach house. 
I'm talking about literally like thousands of dollars beautiful house um i feel like it has an elevator or something it does have an elevator okay well then, it is, yeah next time just say it has an elevator but lots of beach houses have elevators in really yes kyle you just haven't been to bro you house. really live a you different life beach, you don't like the beach so that's i don't like outside it's a horrible place exactly. well it's not horrible that's your opinion those trees are hiding something <laughs> Anyways, Oasis is a powerful opportunity for you to come experience healing. If you are someone who wants to know what it's like to hear from the Lord in real time, come to Oasis. If you're someone who's held back by past childhood trauma or past relational trauma or past religious trauma, come to Oasis. Like This is the place where you receive healing. And I don't say that in pride of myself, but I say that in pride of the Holy Spirit and what he's done before and what I know he will continue to do and expand on. So join Oasis. There are limited spots. There are a couple spots left. Link is going to be in the show notes and you can register. And I cannot wait to see you guys. So Back to our normal show things. If you listened to the last episode, which you should have, but if you yep. didn't, we'll give you a, a rundown. We talked about automatic negative thoughts. So automatic negative thoughts are a symptom of anxiety, to be quite frank. right? They are images or mental activity thoughts that occur as a response to a trigger, like an action or an event. They are automatic and pop up or flash in your mind without your conscious thought or energy. So it's not a thought where you are like, oh, I'm thinking this on purpose. It is something Mm -hmm. that naturally happens and you can't control that it happens at at that moment that it happens, but you can't control how you respond to it. And so for people who have automatic negative thoughts, they are experiencing a lot of emotional distress and oftentimes they don't even know they have automatic negative thoughts, right? Well, because they're, you know, they're automatic, right? And Mm -hmm. so very often as we have these conversations, you'll find that you just discover that you have automatic negative thoughts Um, because very often they can't be tracked in the moment. Like you kind of have to review something has to prompt you to question like, where did that thought come from? Yep. Yep. (laughs) Um, And then when you start to question it, you'll, you'll run it back and you'll be like, dang, like that. I've been saying this to myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're going to quickly go through all the different types of automatic negative thoughts. And then we're going to jump right into what reparenting um, automatic negative thoughts look like, looks like this time I will be able to talk Mm. what it looks like and how to begin to journey and recovering kyle is staring at me and he's making <laughs> uh, my tongue feels heavy and now i feel nervous and stop staring at me like you want to kiss kyle the ta- there's an entire table they don't want to hear our big well, there's lips a will, there's a way. okay moving on you guys think twice before you work with your husband um one all or nothing thinking which is also known as black or white thinking over control or perfectionism Magical thinking or fortune telling, catastrophizing, negative bias, personalization or over responsibility, right? It is, these are different ways that our automatic negative thoughts can take on life, Mm. right? So for some of us, it's this is good or this is bad, right? And I can go a little deep into this like another day, but oftentimes I find that the types of automatic negative thoughts that people have are directly correlated to when they've experienced a trauma. Same when as like, in- 
at what age they've experienced a trauma. So I feel like people who experience trauma, I've talked, I know we've talked about this before. You know what? You showed me a chart one day where you could like hear the trauma that someone went through or that someone's expressing and then be able to pinpoint like what age range the The, It probably happened. happened. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which sounds like witchcraft, but apparently it's like yeah, science. Nope, it's 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 God ordained. There are enough people. I've I've had a couple clients share that they're either their pastors or their ministers or someone they're working with has said like, "Oh, EMDR is witchcraft, witchcraft, and you have to denounce it." Mm. And it drives me nuts because I think sometimes Christians have American Christians specifically have this type of arrogance where if they can't understand how God uses something, it's automatically not of God unless they get it and they understand it. And the mental health field is something that they're so far behind on. And so there are many people who are not getting mental health services that God has allowed and allowed to be fruitful and healing that they'll just never experience because, you know, their pastor doesn't know what it is. And if he doesn't know, then, you know, it's not real. But what was I saying? (laughs) Oh, you were talking about how um, oh the age it depends on when yeah the trauma. So people who experience trauma in adolescence, so I would say like maybe eleven, but probably like twelve to like fifteen, sixteen. Um, so this is like lower adolescence, early adolescence. These are people who may struggle with their identity, struggle okay. with autonomy, and then also they struggle with foreclosed thinking which is black and white thinking right which is what i just mentioned that's a type of automatic right Mm -hmm. because it it makes you feel safe um i think in adolescence it's the first time we're really getting to see truly how many shades of gray there are Mm -hmm. between right and wrong and for many people they have this foreclosed mindset this is right this is wrong they don't understand complexities they'll understand intricacies intricacies I'm going to get these words right. I didn't say anything. You gave me the look. <laughs> they're going to, they're not going to understand these intricacies. And because of that, um, they have foreclosed thinking because foreclosed thinking keeps them safe. I I know people like that. Oh yeah. I've, I've heard of individuals. Just a few. Struggled, struggled with uh, foreclosed thinking. Mm-hmm. Just a few of them. But I'm delivered. Yeah. Yeah, you. I didn't even know that person was you. Yeah. Nope. Didn't know if it was you. So let's jump into healing and restoring and reparenting these automatic negative thoughts. I also want to say, I don't remember if we said it last time, but sometimes our automatic negative thoughts are like almost the sound bites of the things that have been said to us. Mm -hmm. Right? Like if we heard our parents say enough times, you're so stupid, how could you get this wrong? We're going to start saying that to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, that's literally scientific. That's not like something, I think it's something we all know, but it's just so important for me to communicate to people that there is like physical evidence for these emotional realities because it's so easy to want to refute them. Yeah. Um, Question for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Therapist extraordinaire. So we've talked before about the ego and the super ego. Mm -hmm. Super. And the id. And the id. Mm-hmm. And I know the id is like, you know, like the toddler version of you that just wants what it wants. Yeah. And then there's the ego that hopefully. Mitigates a, between the id and the superego. Gotcha. And that superego is very often like a parental voice mm-hmm. or it could be something else. Mm-hmm. What's the line between like 
a a negative superego and an automatic negative thought. I think they're deeply intertwined. Ah. I think that your superego can be several things. For Christians and believers, your superego can be the Holy Spirit, mm. right? The thing that maybe your it is saying, they just cut me off and now I'm going to cuss them out. Hey, bro. Right? You got to come <laughs> off the hip now. Right, right. And and your, if your superego is the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's like, hmm, but love your neighbor as yourself. And so your ego says, you know what? I'm going to express that I'm angry to someone I trust, but I'm going to treat them as if I'm not angry at them. Right. Mm, yeah. That's like an example of what that looks like. But I think for a lot of people, it actually is deeply intertwined. Like I think a lot of people's automatic negative thoughts are um, really them just regurgitating and rehearsing and scripting what someone mm. has said to them so many times before. Um, or scripting the words that they've said to themselves after someone's hurt their feelings in some capacity or wounded them. Gotcha. So these thoughts can really just, it, this makes a lot of sense. Um, because I know that we've talked about the superego as sort of this mitigating factor that kind of keeps us mm, in in right standing and whatever we think right is. Yes. Um, uh-huh. it, it's like this, it's like our moral compass, whether we want to follow that set of morals or not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having, <laughs> having an automatic negative thought that manifests in such a way that it feels like the thing that's keeping you in line, probably not a great thing. Yeah. Yep. And oftentimes because that voice at some point was positioned as an authority in our lives, mm. we'll begin to think that automatically these uh, these automatic negative thoughts are true. They are like authoritative voices. Gotcha. Does that make sense? So, and, and then that can be part of why it's so hard to um, even see where they are because mm-hmm. it, for, for someone, the idea of like, oh, well, you're too dumb to figure something like that out. Mm-hmm doesn't feel like a negative thought to them. It feels like Truth. a superego mitigating them, keeping them in a place where they don't embarrass themselves. Mm-hmm. It feels like an adult telling them the truth, whether they like it or not. Mm. For many. Dang, bro, that's sad. It is sad. It is. And, and yet, most of us experience it. I experience it. I think most of us do. Statistics <sighs> say that most Americans do. Um Anxiety is the most common mental health disorder in the United States. And this is a huge, huge, huge component of anxiety, which is why it's important that people have the twos to the twos. What is happening, Kyle? You've jinxed me. You better not be pregnant. Okay. I listen. I'm telling you right now. I rebuke that from the depths of my souls. I'm not ready for that right now. Um, the tools <laughs> to deal with that and um, begin to reparent themselves and, and to replace that voice gotcha. as much as they can with one that is guiding in care and kindness and tenderness and positive regard rather than fear and criticism. So let's talk about how we even deal with these automatic negative thoughts, right? So the first thing we need to do is to catch them. 
We catch these automatic negative thoughts. And the reality is we can't catch them all the time because they're They're automatic. automatic. Right? But what we can catch is what comes after them, right? Mm. Which is usually an emotion. An emotion is something that usually, because these thoughts happen quickly, but the emotion that they produce, they those linger. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah. dealing with it backwards. Like if I think to myself, I'm worthless, no one loves me, I'll begin to feel sad. Now my job is to say, why am I feeling sad? Mm. Oh, well, because all my friends went out to eat without me and didn't invite me, right? Uh, what did that make me feel? It made me feel embarrassed. It made me feel like no one cared about me. It made me feel like no one thought about me. This is not a real situation, by the way. And what did that make me feel about myself? Well, that I'm worthless, right? Mm. It is a it is a slow and mindful and methodical and intentional walking back to that thought and capturing it, right? Um. Right. This is what scripture talks about, taking captive any thought that sets itself against the power and the wisdom of Jesus Christ. That includes these negative thoughts that speak something about ourselves that does not align with what God says is true of us. Yeah. Right. And so a powerful way to do that is journaling. Powerful, powerful way to do that. I knew you were going to sneak that journaling thing in. It's just true. It's true. I have, I'll get back to journaling in depth in a second because I want to share a really cool activity that people can do. So it is important for us to start with the emotion, walk back to what did I, what did I just think about myself that led to this emotion? What did I just say to myself mm-hmm. that led to this emotion? And even if you don't journal, like write down like a paragraph, write that down. Yeah. Like make tangible Right. This is like um, a powerful process for the brain. Make tangible the thing that has been like really terrorizing you internally, but has been escaping the light of day. Hmm. Like bring it to light in a tangible way. If the lie is no one loves you, put it out in the front because I promise you, your brain's going to catch it way easier now that it's been put out somewhere that you can look at and that you can process, right? Studies show that when we write things down, the process of writing and journaling allows us to express things that we wouldn't express with our words in conversation. And it allows us to express things more intentionally. And we, again, I love this field because I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I'm just telling you what, like, I'm I'm giving evidence for what you already know. Because mm. how many of us have journaled? If journaling was just writing down how we feel and we already knew how we were feeling, no one would be moved from journaling. You're not wrong. But as we write, we become awakened to realities because we have to think about the words mm. that we want to communicate our our pain. We have, want to think about and have to think about the words that we want to communicate our grief and our loss yeah. and our disappointment. We have to spell them out word by word. You have to question whether what you just wrote is true. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? You know, mm-hmm. that, yeah, you're right. So you have to go through a full processing sort of mm-hmm. It requires like an emotional processing to put your, your thoughts out there. Hmm. Right. I've had clients, I've had clients journal in session and I have had them like, Hey, grab your journal, 
write down what you're feeling right now. And the entirety of the session up to then, we've been just talking about how angry or frustrated they are or how annoyed they are. And the first thing they write down is, I am sad. Mm. And they're like, I didn't even know I felt that way. It just happened. Like, I just wrote it down. Like, that's just what I need. my brain want, wanted to write. Because that was the truth, right? Yeah. So I want to share. Wait, do you have anything you want to add? I'm sorry. No, I'm going no, no, really no. fast. I'm really excited about getting to this. Um, also, as you write them down, notice how many you have. Because we have more than one. We have more than one automatic negative thought. Write down all the automatic negative thoughts that come to mind, every single one. And as you write them down, trace where they started. And, and this is a way, I think, to prepare for therapy. Ask yourself, when is the first time I felt this? Yeah, you can save yourself some money on that. That's two sessions right there. When is the first time I felt this? Yeah. And write that down and process that and journal that. And if you can't remember the first time, what is the first moment my brain runs to when I remember feeling this way? Hmm. Like, what is the most prominent memory, even if it's not the first memory? What is the most prominent one, right? So one of the cool ways that we can utilize the amazing way that God has created the human brain is by... Playing video games. That and optimizing... Um, the strengths of the left and right brain. So in EMDR, when I do bilateral stimulation, which is a stimulation on one side of the body, the left, and then right, the other side of the body, the right, the reason why we want to activate the right side of the brain is that's the part of the brain that processes emotions and feelings, right? And the left side of the brain is the part of the brain that puts words mm. to those feelings, and so both parts of the brain need to be activated to have holistic um, processing of past pain and so that we can have holistic healing of that past pain. Mm. You can't just go back to a traumatic moment and talk it through without stopping and noticing the emotions it evoked and think that using logic is somehow going to heal the emotional wounds. It's not going to yeah. happen. Oh, I've decided I shouldn't feel that way. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yes. It never works. Yes. Yeah. And, and vice versa, you can't have these emotional feelings that you don't have words for and think that just feeling them, but not putting words to what you're feeling, it's mm. going to provide some type of holistic healing, right? And I think that's why a lot of people get stuck in this feedback loop of, of dealing with the same thing and trying to heal from the same thing. Because mm -hmm. at one moment, they're trying to deal with logic and one moment, they're trying to deal with emotion. But if you want to really process healing, it needs to be both. And that can be EMDR or it can be um, experiential, which is movement in the body. That's why therapies, and this is honestly what I'm moving towards. I'm at some point going to stop doing one-on-ones and begin to do um, experiential work, which is what I do at Oasis and psychodrama, which is literally utilizing the movement of our bodies to process the trauma because a lot of the trauma we experience is where? In our bodies. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, when I went to um, uh, on-site, shout out to on-site. Kyle went to on-site, on guys. Kyle went to on-site, guys. I did. I did not want to go. It wrecked me. He didn't in the best way, be right? Yeah, it, it was paradigm shifting. Mm. Um, Tell him about it. Tell him, babe. 
Tell them, tell them. Uh, it's you another podcast, but I will. Can we do a bonus podcast yes. where you just share? Okay, yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. We Perfect. can definitely do. Maybe we can. Yeah. Um, but one of the things they they talk about. So uh, I went to Onsite for the Leadership Academy. And so everyone there is like a leader in, in their field and what they do. These are people that communicate well, that excel um, in, in the various things that they do. And so they were sharing with us like, okay, when you get a bunch of people like you guys in the room, talk therapy isn't quite as helpful. Yeah, You communicate for a living. Yep. You're good at getting what's on your in your head out there. And yep. you're good at hiding your emotions, honestly, yep. because that's yep, yep, part yep. of the job. So um, we don't do talk therapy here. We do experiential therapy. And um, they said they do experiential therapy, to your point, Kabe, because um, it's very hard for our bodies to lie. Yeah. Um, yep. Our bodies always know the truth, even if our minds don't. Yep. And so I experienced uh, experiential therapy, psychodrama for the first time. And things that I legitimately, I have been in therapy for, for four or five years, mm. done a lot of work talked through similar situ situations came up at onsite um, and we did an experiential method of interacting with some of those same things and there were things within those um those pieces that came up that were completely new for me even though i thought i had fully processed like, yeah, those moments of those things yeah but i fully processed as you know, vocally as much as I possibly could. Mm -hmm. And my body was still responding yeah. and I didn't even know it because yeah. I'd never really been taught to become aware of what my body was doing yeah. with my trauma. Mm -hmm. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. And super helpful. And if our, a little vulnerable. Yeah. A lot vulnerable. Actually. Our bodies are where we experience trauma. Hmm. Like even if it's verbal, so, like, look at the posture of someone who's been verbally abused. Yeah. Our bodies experience and carry our trauma. That is not just a spiritual woo-woo ideal. It is lit. It's factual. It's scientific. It's spiritual. It's real, right? Because our emotions are hormonal releases in our what? In our bodies. Yeah. Right. That's why you can look at scans and see when someone's happy or when someone's sad or when they're depressed or when they're anxious. You can see it because hormones are released in their physical body. And for many of us, a lot of those hormonal releases have been accumulated and stuck in our bodies for a really long time mm. with the opportunity to release themselves. That's why exercise is good. Not just like, oh, get fit, get skinny or whatever that is. It, it's also a part of the healing process is moving your body. Part of that healing process is releasing some of those, the the hormonal buildups, right? I don't know if you've ever heard of like somatic release before. They talked about it at Ontite. Yeah. There are some people who like when you go get massages, like they'll have knots. And sometimes these knots are literal physical accumulations of like toxins from hormones that have been released that are just sitting in your body. And if you get a massage, not every person, but some people, if you get a massage and they will massage out that not that person will begin to re-experience the emotions associated with that hormone all over again Crazy. but as that knot is being broken up and worked out in their body as it's beginning to like dissolve into like their bloodstream they'll begin to feel angry again because that knot was an accumulation of the hormones of anger right mm. and and so what they do at onsite is also what i do at my retreat right that's exactly what i do at my retreat which is why you should come um, but yeah, what were you talking about before onsite? Where do how do we get there? 
Um, oh, I was talking about the processes of the brain, left brain, right brain, yeah, yeah. movement, all of that. So we can use that process in journaling and it is the coolest thing ever. And Kyle, we're going to do it. I don't know if we'll do it tonight, but we'll do it at some point. So with your, if you are right-handed with your right hand, write down a question. Like if you have your, uh, your automatic negative belief, say, why do I feel alone? If the automatic negative thought is I'm alone, mm. then answer the question only writing with your left hand. You will be amazed you will be amazed as your right brain is activated by asking the question, this emotionally deeply rooted heart question, you will be amazed with the answers that will come from your left hand. Every time I've done this and every time I've particip participated in this, the person who is writing with their left hand has written with the diction and with the um, reading and writing level of the age that they experienced the trauma that caused the, that question to come even into frame. You're freaking me out right now. And and this is why, as the as the black folks say, witchcraft. But okay, but keep Kyle, going. please don't say that. Okay. <laughs> there Not are really witchcraft, people. but wow. It is that's insane. This is the brain that God created. These are the systems that God created. I'm like I don't want to accept that joke because I'm working really, really hard to destigmatize that idea amongst Christians. And it's really, it's really, really hard. Um, especially because of the the religious trauma that a lot of people experience and the religious control that they experience, but God set up that brain process. Yeah, we are we are ever exploring and ever discovering the things that God breathed into existence on day six. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. we we're just discovering it. It's not new. Like, I hate when people call everything new age because it's like nothing's new. Nothing's new to a God who lives outside of time. It's only new to us because we're just discovering it. And in the year of our Lord, 2021, you think that we have exhausted our understanding of an infinite God? How is yeah. that possible? Just because someone has a theological position that opposes yours or that expands on yours doesn't mean that their theological position is less a study of God, you know? Mm -hmm. Anyways, my point is um, that is a powerful way to use journaling. Like, I would love for you guys to try that. Write down the question. So take your automatic negative thought, make it a question. Why do I feel? When did I first feel? What situation made me feel? Insert automatic negative thought and answer the question with your left hand and tell me about it. I cannot wait to hear the responses because people are going to freak out. It's going to be awesome. She's very excited about this. I'm very excited, and I'm trying to keep my, I my chill. I wish you could see her. Her eyes are the size of dinner plates right now. I'm <laughs> trying to keep my chill, but I, I want to make healing resources accessible to people, and yeah. specifically to Christians. I want people to know, like, because we have such complex pain and such complex grief and such complex anger, so complex everything. And people give us these basic simplified answers that like make it seem like God had no provision for the complexities of our brokenness. Mm. He has made provision for everything, for every sort and kind of brokenness. He has made provision for us, for it. And some of us are just discovering that. And as we discover it, we want to share it. As we discover it, we want to make it accessible because it like, I think the one thing that 
I love about Oasis. So every single person who has come has left with a deeper personal understanding of who God is. And it's not because of what I've said to them. Mm. It's because of what they've experienced of him personally. We need more of that. We need less teaching of God and more experiencing of him. Facts. You know? And this is fire alarm agrees. (laughs) It said amen. And this is this is a way that we can experience that. Right? It's a beautiful, sacred, Holy Spirit way. Um, and rather if you it can be just journaling, but if you want to invite the Holy Spirit into it, do it. Yeah. Say, God, what question should I be asking? And and as you write down the answer with your left hand, and if you're left-handed, you can do it vice versa. With your left hand, ask God. Be like, Jesus, where did this answer come from? Because I promise you it's going to surprise you. Mm. I remember doing it and just weeping because the person who was leading the group that I was in, um, I was an attendee for a group for therapists. The person who was, Courtney was leading it. The person- Of course she was. Yeah, Courtney's amazing. The person who was leading the group as I'm like writing it, she said, you know, what is a moment that came to mind as you read this out loud, what you wrote with your left hand? I said, well, I thought about it when I was like seven or eight years old. And she's like, did you notice that you used the diction of a seven or eight year old in your response? Like, Kobe, you're intelligent. You are, um, you know, well-spoken and you used words that a kid would use Mm. because that was the me that needed to come out and have a voice and answer that. That was the version of me that could answer that question most accurately. Yeah. Because 28, 29 year old me doesn't know what the answer (laughs) to that is. Yeah. But seven year old me knows exactly what that feels. Knows exactly what that feels like. Um, one of the things that can feel really natural as we talk about reparenting something like this is, is affirmation, like saying certain affirmations to yourself that speak directly opposite of, um, you know, of that automatic, that negative automatic thought. And that's good. I'm not trying to downplay, um, the power of affirmation, um, very often, like there, there are some things that we need to hear, and because we are neurologically wired to this negative thing, like we need to, we need to have a certain amount of just hours put in of saying something different, so that we have another path to go down. So that'll be really helpful, right? So definitely do that. Find some affirmations that speak directly against um, what your negative thought is. Um, one of the therapists I worked with uh, likes to say, find these, you know, write those affirmations down, say them to yourself a hundred times a day for 45 days. I was like, what? A yeah. hundred times a day for 45 days. And if you miss a day, you need to start back over at one, at day one. So that's a lot of affirmation. But at the end of that 45 days, You'll you'll find that that affirmation is what comes up and supersedes that automatic negative thought. Mm-hmm. So that can be really helpful. But there's also the reality that um, in our culture we can go really quickly to memorize this Bible verse and say it over and over and over again um, in a way that maybe isn't healthy. Because the truth of the matter is, like what you 
you you can't heal what you can't feel. That's what they say. You know, like Kobe says that all the time. You can't heal what you can't feel. And very often we skip way too quickly to, okay, I know the solution. I'll just cover up that automatic negative thought and bury it um, behind all this other stuff. Yeah. And um, you don't really have room to fit the new affirmation in there because that automatic negative thought is taking up so much space. The only thing that allows that negative thought um, to kind of make some space for something new is processing yeah is feeling it so yeah please don't don't <laughs> don't run away from feeling um mm. and processing the negative thought in the hopes that oh well i'll just say better things about myself until you know i'll do something to make this go away yeah which is a very american very christian very everyone culture of like you know what i don't need to feel this i'll just do stuff until it goes away yeah um Resist the urge to do that because you will find that um, very often our pain is is the window that lets the light in. Underneath yep. that negative thought is is um, a pain, a hurt, a trauma that God wants to touch, and through um, through that pain, through that trauma, the light will be let in. The whole room will be illuminated. Your life will be changed for the better. Um, so don't lean away. From the feeling. I say that as someone who, you know, has spent most of my life doing that very thing. Uh, spoiler alert, doesn't work. <laughs> Girl. Just. Uh, so we want to leave you guys with this journal, really. Trace your negative, your automatic negative thoughts through the emotions that arise from them. And then write them down in journal as a way of processing them. I love to journal and then I'll like go to Kyle and tell him like, Hey, I was feeling this today. Mm-hmm. Even if it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> like I'll be like, you know, I think I was feeling like a little bit insecure earlier today. And mm-hmm. he'll be like, why? And I'll be like, because ABCDEFG find safe people. And if you don't have safe people, find a therapist, a community of people who can hear the truth about who you are and, accept and hold the fullness of your complexities yeah yeah and we pray that this podcast makes space for that in your life and in your community yeah all right guys we will talk to you next week i can't wait i'm gonna make kyle do a bonus episode about (laughs) on-site and we'll talk soon guys until the circle comes back around bye y'all bye Thank you guys so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked our conversation, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so we can get the word of healing out to as many people as possible. Visit the show notes to stay up to date on our mental health workshops, yearly retreats, Oasis is Bomb, and connect to us on social media. We'll chat with you guys soon until the circle comes back around.